This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. I love that they gave it all they got. I'm James and this is Sissy That Pod, the RuPaul's Drag Race recap podcast. And today we'll be chatting all about the latest episode of season 14. And I'm riding solo while Keen is off on his holidays. But don't worry because I am joined by an absolutely terrific guest, Michelle McCormick, host of the Pure Filth podcast and host of an Instagram account where you can find absolutely anything you need to know about Fat Phobia, Love Island, or indeed her gorgeous cat. Uh, she is a superstar of the show, and we had a great time uh, getting into these PSAs, the lovely storylines going on between Willow and the other queens, and the biggest uh, of of issues, the departure of our beloved cornbread. Um, and this week's episode was all about public service announcement. And if you want to help Keen and I walk in fields of gold, don't forget that you can go on over to headstuffpodcast.com where you'll be able to support the show for as little as five euro a month um, and you will get a whole heap of bonus materials we have a back catalogue covering, covering everything from Rue's music career and movie career through to the much missed Drag Race Vegas review Keen and I will be reunited this Tuesday for the latest episode of UK versus the world. Uh, we'll be getting into tackling what comes next after the departure of our gorgeous lemon. But until then, without further ado, I'm going to introduce to the podcast Michelle McCormick. So, Michelle McCormick, thank you so much for joining me today to talk. I mean, in what has been a, a real like sort of tragic week for Drag Race exits. First we had Lemon and now we've had Cornbread. Oh my God. I, I mean, do we need to take a, a pause? Do we need a <laughs> moment for Ms. Cornbread? <laughs> well, the, the kitchen is practically, the kitchen's practically empty now. We've no lemons, we've no cornbread. <laughs> and also like cornbread, you know. What are we going to eat? Nothing, literally nothing. Literally, the children are starved. But The children are starved. Starved now. <laughs> yeah. But but no, we we rep, repping for the big girls, repping for the trans girls. Like I, oh. I mean, cornbread like walked out of that room and a legend, no doubt, will be back. But so but limped, first limped limped out of the room. Limped well limped out of that room. Was was assisted yeah, 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 out yeah. of that room. Um but what, first of all, how are you enjoying season 14? Um, I'm enjoying it okay so far. I mean, okay. um I am an I'm I'm elderly. <laughs> so I am like an OG okay. drag race stan. I know you guys always ask, like, you know, like what's your history with drag race? I have watched every episode multiple times. Like I'm in it. I would have to it's one of the foundational aspects of my personality. <laughs> yeah. Alongside Glee <laughs> and Love Island. So I'm in it, right? So uh with that context, I'm enjoying season 14 okay. Is it reaching the lofty heights of a season four or season five? No. No. But will Drag Race ever reach those lofty heights again? No. 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 And I do think it is, and we'll get into it now in a moment when we go back to Miss Cornbread, that one of the things that this season had like in its corner was Cornbread's personality. And I think that we are going yeah. to, like, I think that she on her own elevated it because she gave us a Bianca Del Rio style character that you just were going to be rooting for right the way through. A hundred percent. But then I think there could be an argument for she, not she was out of her depth. She wasn't in her depth. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She was, she was in her shallows. There, yeah. Like she was such a superstar compared to everybody else. Like there's maybe two queens that are strong enough to sort of even compare to her. Um, and so maybe next year, it'll, I'm praying that she'll be back next year or whenever in four weeks when the next season airs. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know she'll be back and maybe she'll have a little bit more competition because when you get a season like that where it's like clearly far and away someone is way better than everybody else it takes a little bit of the jeopardy out of it and it's not as fun before we put the cornbread to bed for the mm. for the series would you be okay with her just skipping the next season and coming right back to an all-stars 100 percent, 100 percent. i think that would nearly be better suited to her because 
like some of the queens that they have on out like aren't aren't they running out of drag queens like a lot of them really are filler queens and and we're going we we've moved so far away from this being a showcase for the very best drag talent in the country to here is someone who's been doing drag in their bedroom for you know 18 months and is technically very good at it you know the technical the makeup and the 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 dressing but isn't a star like isn't a developed working queen isn't a star doesn't have the experience and like that's kind of not what I want to see like I don't want to be seeing people coming in and going well why are you even here like yeah you're going home there's there's a a lot of the queens who feel like they're they're just revealing out of their placenta onto the main stage and it's like no we need you a bit more time to cook before you get to this level but so here is is, yeah they're little feet but so here is the the, i suppose coming into this this episode now we're getting this redemption arc for it it sort of gets right into the action like there's not too much hanging around we're getting straight into this challenge of they're doing these psas for the early out queens and i think the fandom has been kind of calling out for like a callback to early outs like i think there's been like a big kind of like there's been people wanting like a first out season there's been people wanting those more than back on things so were you excited to see these three these Kimora, james and tempest back for this challenge um was really excited to see tempest um i think her entrance uh is one of the ones that stays in my mind the one where she opens her legs and the baby falls out like hilarious (laughs) even though she was first out seems like a superstar of drag almost like she's somebody that so i was really excited to see her when Kimora walked in I was like Kimora was first out that doesn't seem to make any sense to me because she's like stunning like she's amazing I'd completely forgotten that she was a first out because she's yeah. legendary um yeah. completely had forgotten that James Manfield existed but was happy to see her nonetheless mm. stupid fake voice that she does in drag aside but I'm sure we will discuss that oh, yes we certainly will like I mean because th- th- there's a way to do an, a fake voice in drag and there's a way to not do a fake voice in drag and she was not doing it the right way though also giving a masterclass on how not to do it yeah exactly I I do enjoy James and I, I would be glad to see them back a bit more in the franchise the, the, actually the, the one thing we forgot to address within the cornbread drama which feels like it's the most important significant and seminal moment of this episode absolutely is, what is it with like, what is the health and safety team on that show doing <laughs> that every single big girl that walks in the door walks out with like a hip injury, a knee injury? We had Victoria Scone, Eureka O'Hara. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was actually quite funny that it was that James was there because we got immediately yes. that call back to the cheerleading challenge, the initial cheerleading challenge where <laughs> Eureka was initially injured. Right. And. Uh, what are they doing like somebody needs to brush up on their HACCP training because yes. are there objects <laughs> yeah. lying about they should make them do like a warm-up before they start because there seems to be a lot of injuries happening That's can, we get like a, can, <laughs> can we get like a Carl Henry or like a you know can we get like a Joe Wicks in there to maybe do like a little class let's get love connie in there i don't i i think that would be get love connie in there or indeed you know i think good job carl henry can can disassociate himself with the operation transformation brand and go over to start doing warm-ups for queens and drag race <laughs> like i think that the the look on his face would probably be akin to the look on maddie morphus's face if they have to go over <laughs> and ram themselves into the back of a uh pick crew member which was surely designed exclusively for that moment there there is i feel like there's an entire team of writers sitting backstage which is the make maddie uncle and they are devising uh bits skits and plot lines purely to make fun of this poor straight man I know. Now, actually, how how do you feel about the the placement? Like, obviously, we, we are now kind of used to Maddie in the competition. Maddie is kind of becoming a bit more of their own contestant. I would say getting stronger, but it still is unique to have this cis straight man in the workroom. How do you feel it impacts the overall kind of aura of the of the season? I have a lot of opinions about uh, Maddie, and a lot of them are quite conflicting. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I acknowledge that, okay, everybody can do drag and blah, blah, blah. But also, you know, this show has been a bastion of showcasing 
queer talent for years and is one of the only shows on television that is 100% queer. Yeah. And so um, while acknowledging that, you know, all oh, dragons valid, blah, blah, blah. Um, kind of like, do we really need, like, do we need the tokenism? Do we need a straight man to be there? I think this is the first is it's the first time we've had an openly trans woman on a main season yes Yes, it is did we need that at the same time it's sort of like could we not have you know gay first without being like also here's a straight white man like why did we need it (laughs) i don't think he just detracts from the the uh from the show in any any way um he's technically good at drag capital g capital a capital d yeah can't take that away from him yeah Christ is he dull very much very much and I feel like as if an element of the dullness with Maddie is coming from a what like from a genuine place of understanding how important it is for him to be respectful and take up as little space as possible which makes me like Maddie the individual but doesn't necessarily make me like Maddie the queen yeah I mean you would have to wonder like I heard somewhere else and he actually even said it on Untucked this week that um so they the girls were saying yeah. oh um you know this is Maddie he's straight and he's like I'm a lesbian and like problematic yes. okay yeah and apparently he used to have that on his Twitter as well mm, okay okay problematic and you'd have to wonder whether in his normal sort of drag career he's you know finger snapping and boots the house downing backstage to like fit in with the girls but intellectually understands that he would be immediately cancelled for that sort of appropriation right um and but he doesn't actually have a personality so that's very unfortunate and i wish he did have one because then he i feel like he would be more contender if he gets very far in the competition i will be pissed because he doesn't have any star power. No, no, he really doesn't. And it's like his, like even, you know, and we'll get to the runways, but sort of runway are conceptually very impressive, but never Beautiful. really executed to a, a, a to a place where kind of they bring it. And it is like, I mean, I know we all were laughing at RuPaul having that breakdown last week. They're like, you don't have any, where's your <laughs> But it actually yeah, but is the case. <laughs> that's the case. And the, the kicker is, and this is where it falls down, he doesn't know what she means. Yes, yes, yeah. And that is just, that's the killer. Let's get into this. So we have our our, our okay. um, humiliating uh, Maddie uh, sort of team picking of the, uh, the, the, the gender reveal, the sort of like taking a gender reveal. We have our green team who are going to be repping for Kimura Hall made up of Bosco, <laughs> Diabetti and Lady Camden. We have our purple team who are going to be repping for James Mansfield with Jasmine Kennedy, Maddie Morphosis, Willow Pill and Orion Story. And then our orange team repping for Tempest Du Jour with Deja Sky, Kerry Colby, Georges and Angeria Paris Van Michael right off the bat which of those teams would you have expected to be seeing the best work from I was expecting Angeria's team to do well especially with Tempest because Tempest is a is a comedian yeah um I also like it was unfortunate that Willow and Maddie were on a team with Jasmine and Orion yes. because they really dragged them down. But um, I, I think I would have expected them to do better than they actually did. Um, I kind of feel a bit like James's team was um, was doomed from the start. But were they ultimately the better team? Did they have the winners? I, I don't. I see. This is the thing. It is interesting because I found Maddie and Willow overall, and it felt much more confident and felt like felt as if they were. They kind of knew, they understood the brief and knew what they were giving. And then Jasmine and Orion in very different ways, like a tug of war pulling them in different directions. And then I just think that the uh. strength of, of Deja, Kerry and Nigeria on the, the team Tempest, yeah, poor Georges did get a bit overlooked. And then the green team, I, I suppose, I didn't necessarily guess why that particular PSA was loved as much as it was on the, the main stage. Because I like I, I I thought it was fine. I didn't live for Lady Camden's performance in the way everyone else did. Um, or like I loved Bosco's look and thought Bosco gave things a kind of like a like took a very different approach to it. But again, mm. I, I yeah, to be honest with you, I'm just gonna throw this right out there. I found the challenge a bit dull. 
if I'm going to be The challenge was dull. But I do kind of agree with you about um, the one that did the best, which was lady camden's um was that come on, i can't i can't Kimura, even yeah. The, yeah yeah the green team kimura's team i i don't i don't know <laughs> i have five pages of notes and that none of that is anywhere on my page here um so uh kimura's team actually i think and i think this is something that maybe Mally said mm-hmm. it was the closest to an old style PSA. When I was watching it, it yes. felt the most like a PSA and that's what I was looking for. I think it was Maddie who said something like that, that Rue has a real affection for these old PSAs. And so I think that's probably why it won out. So it was the most realistic and I think that's why it was the most successful. But none of them were funny. Like I did no. not tee. There, there was no lols. No, and I th- this was the, this was some, some odd workroom. Like so we get that we get through to the walkthrough, and in like the, the sort of core piece of advice that Rue seems to be giving the three teams is that you need to channel the sincerity you feel for a cause as close to your heart into to trying to make this. And for me, I kind of thought, like, is that not like is that not an element of sort of cheapening? things that are really like important like i know we can all we can all have a like a, a, a sort of a, a bit of a chuckle and a laugh at the like sort of you know over the top sincerity of the troker ad with the sort of or the yeah. the like the, the the fighting blindness ads we, we all in the back of our minds can kind of go oh that's a bit over the top but at the end of the day the subject matter is like incredibly traumatic and real and these are people's real yes, so yeah. like so taking the piss out of these in a way feels to me a little bit sort of um I'm gonna use the word uncouth. <laughs> uncouth. Um yeah. yeah, I kind of agree with you, but and I think but I think if they were funnier, we wouldn't care. That is very much it. Like if I had been entertained, I would have been like, this is gas and I don't care. Um yeah. but I was not entertained. So I was left to think about how stupid this challenge was I I feel like we've had uh, this is sort of two acting challenges in a row and I I feel like I need to see I need some sewing I need some crafty crafty and I know we're getting that next week but two acting challenges in a row no yeah like two sort of those like ensemble acting challenges where everyone's doing their bits and you're kind of like not following single character arcs I find that it is a bit much because it did feel like last week's was kind of messy because I think that we couldn't necessarily tell who was doing well and who wasn't doing well because of like how little screen time any of the people actually yeah, yeah, got. Yeah. And it's, it was the same sort of this week where there was so much to focus on with the Queens coming back and with like sort of the like little clips and this and like not necessarily even being fully certain what it was that they were trying to emulate in these uh, in, in these these PSAs. Yeah, and I think last week's challenge was so successful. Like, I really enjoyed the oh, it was teasers. So good. They were great. Yeah. They were OTT. They were funny. I feel like they'll be watched, like, over and over again. Yeah. I can see something like that becoming a staple challenge. It was very new. It was very fresh. Um, And this just completely paled in comparison. Like, complete filler episode. Albeit that we had those kind of callbacks to the older queens, which was fantastic. Yeah, and I did, like, I did think it's good because we've had, obviously, over the past number of seasons, since around season nine, there's been a real emphasis on bringing back past talent and showcasing, mm. particularly winners have, have been the, the sort of people. So we've seen a lot of the winners and they've had those winners balls and photo yeah. shoots. And I did think it was nice to kind of bring back a couple of the queens who, who either didn't have a chance to make their memeable moment or who didn't have the opportunity to showcase much of their their, their sort of their um their looks on the, the stage. So it was nice to yeah. see that back. And I do think it could have been used more effectively. Like I would have perhaps preferred if they were going to ha- take this concept of bringing back first dates, maybe doing this for the for the makeover. You know, having that would have been amazing. Yeah. But is that sort of insulting to someone else's drag that's already been on the show to be like, we're going to make you over this <laughs> team of basically children are going to make you over. Oh my God. As George just pulls out the step chair to step up to start doing uh, Tempest. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I would have loved? They had a perfect opportunity here to allow one of those first out queens to simply replace cornbread. Now, I was thinking that. I was wondering if that could happen. Let's keep one of them. Let's keep one of them. <laughs> it would have been amazing. It would have been fucking amazing. And I'm so sad they didn't do it. I honestly would have absolutely adored that. And I was, I here's died. the question. Which of the three of them would you have wanted back in the competition? Akamora, surely. 
to be honest, after that look on the runway, like oh. I felt I felt bad for everyone else in the like vicinity of that look, including like Rue and Michelle yeah. and everyone on the judging panel. Everyone, and anyone who, like, it was like, this is like one of the great, like this is one of the most beautiful looks that has ever walked stunning. the runway. It was so and stunning. I just think in terms of like the modern competition versus the older style, because it changed so much being the only ones with competitive chance, like mm-hmm. Tempest fantastic James fantastic but in terms of like the skills and the everything and the keeping up and the I just don't think that they would have really had a chance I would throw Kimura back in there no problem she would fit back in yeah yes completely like I think that that the 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 competition has changed over time like I think that we've had like obviously with Tempest was very much fitted into that like campier older style of drag yeah. as goes sort of James and James has yeah. a lot to bring but I don't think it like because I've, I've watched some of James's videos from outside of of the Drag Race franchise and obviously he's amazing with hair he does like really interesting stuff in his own like 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 history recap videos but that doesn't mm. fit into where the competition is anymore Kimora yeah, was the yeah, only yeah. one there who would have like been able to slot back in and do kind of what they were looking for now she still couldn't deliver her iconic or non-iconic <laughs> line <laughs> i think that particular piece was unfair because rue's question was can you deliver it like you should have delivered season and she <laughs> delivered it like she did deliver it but yes. she can deliver she no, she can deliver it now because she delivered it I, I wasn't counting but i would yes. say 30 to 45 times over the course of this one episode. Yes. No, they they were like in terms of like it the, was heavy. I, they were heavy <laughs> in those iconic moments. Like it was, it was like, I mean, it was God help poor Candy Ho, who the only like obviously as another early out queen in and of herself. Now the only time she gets back onto the main stage of drag race is to have darts thrown into her face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was harsh. And I love that they didn't even name her. No. Tempest was like another queen. <laughs> yeah. He was like some girl. I was like, wow, I don't know who she is because I don't remember her. But JD, have you not to even give her a name? I know that other moment. bitch. Some bitch called me old. Like some bitch. bitch who even knows who it was anymore. Who even cares? Where even is she? Yeah. But yes, so the the in, in the in the walkthrough, we definitely get a clear idea that this this storyline of Georgia's feeling in over their head is being built up. We're getting yeah, yeah. this sense. So, what is your? I mean, Georgia's delivers on the runway every time, and as we saw, can deliver a lip sync. What do you think is holding Georgia's back in these challenges? Can I just say that I don't think Georgia's was that bad in this challenge at all compared yeah. to last week. She made a vast improvement. She fitted in absolutely fine in comparison to everybody else she delivered her lines okay there was too many words yes and she had to take a couple of runs at it yeah but I think it was fine like it was nowhere near as bad as it was painted to be and I think it's really unfortunate that she is sort of take like I almost feel like she's taking on this uh production's portrayal of her as a weaker queen well, I yes. don't necessarily think that she is. And no. it's getting in her head and she's like, oh, well, I'm weak. And But you're not. Like, take a leaf out of Angeria's book and be like, I've never done this before. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it 100% because I yeah. know I'm brilliant. And I think if she had more of that attitude, she would excel more. Um, She I needs a little agree. bit of the delusion that some of the other girls have One, because there she, are some delusional yeah. hoes in there she she needs to take a little bit a sip of of the tea that lady camden is drinking and realize that actually <laughs> she is because she is committing the cardinal sin of giving sound bites to the producers about anxieties and fears that she has talking about people in past lives who have said that she wouldn't do well also i've always thought about this when people are talking about like oh my haters at home i want to prove people wrong i'm like who are these people spending time with i don't have <laughs> anyone in my life if I had if I I don't have anyone in my life if I said I'm going to go and do this competition that competition that they'd be like oh but you're going to be so bad at that you're going to be terrible at that really you're going to be bad like who, who are you spending time it's with so Georgia yeah I completely agree I was actually watching someone on Instagram the other day being like oh you know um they had gotten some shitty messages about something and they were like you know I really try and give people time to like engage in opposing viewpoints and I was like what fuck that you yeah, no. even a even a whiff of negativity in my inbox you are blockhead <laughs> like there is no 
no, no, no. I am on the delusional plane. Absolutely, yes. Where I, you know, I'm the main character. This Y'all are ancillary to me, and therefore, yeah. if you're not giving that, like, if you're not delivering and feeding into my delusion, you're gone. No, hundred percent. I am the main character of my life, and I get to pick and choose what subplots I engage in. Thank you very <laughs> exactly. much. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I think, um, yeah, George just needs a little. She needs a little bit of that. She needs a little bit mm. of that main character, you know, character attitude. So that she can just be like, these people are telling me that I'm crap, but they're crazy because I'm fucking brilliant, which is how I feel all day, every day. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think that we are better for it. We are all better for it. And I do think that you, that, that age comes into it because as we yeah, get into the, true. as we get into the, um, the, the sort of the, the, the makeup, the getting ready, the, the, the mirror moment this week focuses in on sort of age and sort of the, 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 as was the, the weight of not necessarily feeling your best when you are that bit younger feeling maybe you are a bit more uncertain so George just opens up about having started drag at 16 and mm. Willow opens up about like having struggled throughout her life with um with with illnesses and this sort of sense that like her time is running out and you kind of get these like two parallel stories sort of of this like very very young queen right at the beginning of kind of her career and this other person who's in a similar age bracket but who really is kind of facing this sort of like certainty of a decline and like Mm. I I find like I find Willow's story heartbreaking for someone who's so talented and has so much to offer but is fighting and right up against this sort of like ticking clock yeah and chronic illnesses are always so heartbreaking in that sense because they are chronic like there's mm-hmm. nothing that you can do to kind of uh, uh, turn back the clock or cure them or you know all you can do is sort of manage it and that was heartbreaking to, to kind of hear that you know she's 26 and she's really her body is sort of beginning to fail her mm-hmm. that's that's an awful thing to have to live with um and I'm so glad she got the opportunity to be on Drag Race now because she's clearly such an amazing talent yeah um and um yeah I'm just so glad that she's here but it was really heartbreaking this is the point though where I got started to worry about Georges even though it was like after the performance I was like yeah. well, she did fine so why are we getting story from yes. why are we getting story from Georges and that was my first hint I was like uh I'm worried about this obviously Willow's not going anywhere but I was like yeah. are they setting her up to be in the bottom and I, <laughs> I was really confused I was so confused I was like oh, okay this is not going to go the way that I think it's going to go no I I turned around to to my boyfriend and said this is Georgia's getting the goodbye edit that I was like honestly 100% like that's what I thought was going to be happening and I was yeah. so worried because I actually didn't you're right I didn't think that Georgia's had done had done as poorly in the challenge as other people like I was sort of like I kind of almost feel like as if looking back at it now I'm kind of going like the producers were so over Orion at that point because they were like you literally give us nothing like yes come through yeah. sis give us nothing that we're just <laughs> pretending you're not even in this competition this is functional you can just you can just sit over there and like you know moan along in your vocal fry and <laughs> we're just going to like ignore you but actually, the one thing I did want to say about Willow is that it does speak to the importance of representation and how yeah. important it is that you see yourself represented in these spaces to know that you're then permitted to occupy them because Willow comes from the house of Evie Oddly was inspired to start drag as a result of seeing another queen with a chronic yeah. illness yeah. actually sort of do so well and like it, mm. it it speaks then to why it's like I suppose it, it sort of almost answers the question that's being asked of Drag Race about like why aren't you showing trans contestants um, and a more sort of diverse yeah. range of contestants that this is a space that's 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 like open to them and it, it it perfectly encapsulates it because we would never have had willow pill who has probably been the star other than cornbread the star star of this season if it hadn't been for evie oddly two or three seasons yeah, yeah. ago yeah and it sort of also answers the maddie question like we are empowering people with um you know chronic illnesses you know trans women people of like lower economic means although that's not really not possible on drag race <laughs> you know to do do we really need to be empowering straight white men to do drag can we mm-hmm. do we need to be but i completely agree with what you're saying like this representation is really important and it does kind of show that drag is for everyone and hopefully we'll progress like you know further along and we'll start to see you know more disabled queens and and you know more people from different walks of life yeah. as well um but yeah it was a really heartfelt moment and it was really nice to see um it was really nice to hear that from her especially because she had her support in cornbread and we yeah. saw clips before of cornbread really helping her and supporting her just with her like her access needs like within 
in the show and um it was really great that she shared that with the rest of the girls so yeah. hopefully now she'll get similar support from them and yeah. and not you know not be kind of at sea and struggling yeah and i think they did sort of set that up nicely between the little uh, exchange between herself and angeria and it was a kerry was also in that that thing Car- and Carrie you, was you, there, yeah. you get that sense from even last year when they last week when they were talking about the kind of like they were giving auntie energy that there is kerry angeria and cornbread were the kind of older wiser queens and that they had taken willow under their wing and yeah. i think that that willow will continue to get that support through them and i just think that is such a lovely like i, suppose I really in a way, so yeah I really yeah so. it sort of shows what people like it, it sort of demonstrates on screen the the reason that drag families are so important and why so many people who don't have the support that they get within their own communities or within their own families are then able to like find that in these spaces so like in a way there's yeah. some storyline even though like the challenge was like very dull there's been yeah. some there were some beautiful uh, moments in this it, it, like really authentic moments in this it shows how well casted this was with one question mark hanging over maddie but you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah we did we got a lot of story and that was nice yeah. and um what what you're saying about community is something that tempest said in untucked as well like every single real yeah. girl has always had my back yeah. except one I don't know whether she meant Candy Ho, if there's a nut, somebody else we need to know about it, but, um, and that has proved, you know, to be the case. And it's really lovely to see. And at least we got some of that, even though we didn't really get entertained. Yeah. Yes, we we did. Now, the other thing we got, which I, I I sort of noted before we go into the, the runway to talk about the looks, was we got two ill-timed call-outs. Oh. We got... In the in the challenge, they make a joke about Tempest spending time with Betty White at the retirement community, and in the Ooh. in the like the prep for this, when Rue was doing the walkthrough, he it says to was it Jasmine Kennedy? Tell me, you would do anything for drag, but you won't do that. A meatloaf reference. I'm like, oh my RuPaul, god, are you the Grim Reaper in this situation? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> Apparently, this is it. You get your call out on Drag Race and then kaput. <laughs> RuPaul mentions your name. <laughs> That's it, yeah. And, and just so he doesn't just... have to pay you any royalties, he sends them <laughs> there. And he's like, get rid of them and that bitch's estate. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, means, yeah, that would be a very... for Angela Lansbury, who also got a call out during this, uh, <laughs> this episode. Oh, <laughs> protect her at all costs. As you would know by now, Pod is part of the Headstuff Podcasting Network. We are one of Ireland's largest podcasting networks and a platform some amazing voices from throughout Irish media, culture, politics, and all the rest of it. Uh, you can go on over to headstuffpodcast.com where you'll be able to support us and all of the other shows on the network for as little as five euro a month to keep getting quality content. And in return for your cash, we'll give you a whole bevy of beautiful bonus material. Um, but just to give you a little taster of what else we have on the network here is a clip from words to that effect a podcast that basically just kind of gives a bit of background info to pop cultural stuff that's kind of interesting i'm connor reed with words to that effect how do the victorians invent time where do all those pirate cliches come from should we all read romance novels? Glided up her neck with Why are kids so obsessed with dinosaurs? What makes the perfect detective story? What happens to culture and society in a post-apocalyptic world where everything has stopped? Words to that effect tell stories of the fiction that shapes popular culture. Listen wherever you get your podcasts and at headstuffpodcasts.com. Let's get on to the runway. Um, Is there anything that you particularly want to say about any of the actual PSA videos? Because I'm going to be honest and say, not really. No. I, I can't um I, I can't say that I took yeah I, I can't say that I took anything from the um from the PSAs. The one thing that I do want to say about the PSAs um is about Kerry and how yes. Kerry's idea of hideous is a short wig and glasses, but gorgeous <laughs> underneath. Yeah. Well, that's because she's watched so many of those movies where she knows <laughs> that all you need to do if you work back from the beautiful reveal at the bottom of the stairs, <laughs> is you take off your glasses and shake <laughs> out your hair. Yeah. 
Exactly. Like it was a hilarious, and she was wearing the the most beautiful gown oh I've ever seen God. in my life. Speak for the fucking gods, but <laughs> yeah. a pair of very nice glasses and a perfectly nice wig. Um, and she was like, "I," she was like, "I am busted. <laughs> I am hideous." <laughs> and I was like, "Where, where are you?" Like, this yeah. is not it. It's like, you won't even recognize me when I turn up to set with my glasses and short wig and enormously beautiful housecoat. <laughs> <laughs> I did think she looked a bit, she yeah. was giving a bit of Chad and Michael. It, I, it I sort thought. of kicked, do you? There was something know, I, in the look. <laughs> um, yeah, perhaps, yeah. I think um, it kind of like, you were saying earlier that Carrie sort of gives anti-vibes and I'm like, okay, yeah, great. Because at, at least she's giving something because that's yeah. pretty much it. And she she's another one who's not understanding the judges critiques like they're like you know we want you we want to see you ugly and she's like that means visually unappealing yes which she has a has no grasp of and b doesn't understand that's not what they mean and and that was carried through even in the runway which i'm sure we'll talk about in a sec yeah she was like they want to see my monster and it's like that's not yeah that's maybe what they said but that doesn't mean like make it make claws on a scary face like yes yeah exactly <laughs> that's like, not what they mean <laughs> no it's like you're not rushing out to buy that like um plastic witch's mask to be like look how look how gross i am <laughs> and a bin bag <laughs> yeah exactly that's not what they want yeah, yeah, they yeah, want yeah. to see that you can understand how to like give something different to what you've what you've been giving previously and you know the how to give level, levels yeah. in it and also that you can kind of yeah you're not always going to be relying on being the kim kardashian look like because i would go so far as to say that i think she is probably the most beautiful girl that they've ever had on the show like she is like possibly beyond stunning on earth maybe but possibly um, on earth. <laughs> and yeah like as you say you know when they say we want to see ugly they don't mean we want to see you visually ugly like be visually pretty but give ugly like don't strive so much to maintain that perfection and she hasn't understood that critique in any way and that that's sort of the first hint that we got of it in that PSA where she was like I am so ugly because I have glasses on yes and actually it's, it's interesting because I think this might be the first case of that like we want to see glamazon critique given in the opposite direction like yeah. when you get your kind of your your uh, charity cases or your crystal methods or people who previously mm. had that sort of like kooky presentation of drag told we need to see you tied like we need to see you give us like glamazon this is the first time we're getting someone being told we want to see that you understand how to do spooky kooky uh, in a way that is really yeah. authentic rather than just well, it's funny that you mentioned Chad Michaels because he also got a lot of similar critiques about, you know, you're too perfect, like let go of yeah. the perfection. And that sort of, I feel, is a similar critique to this, you know, yeah. get ugly with it, you know. So yeah. um, that was the only thought that I had about the PSAs. No thoughts, just vibes. <laughs> so let's get into the runway it was spring has sprung florals for spring ground bake breaking as um someone might say i'm breaking film, as someone might I'm say so annoyed you said i'm so annoyed you said that before me i have I a fucking I written down in my notebook i threw it away i threw it away i didn't even give it the 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 moment it deserved <laughs> but so, let me say it up up first we had gorgeous wearing yeah. a cutesy mint green little floral number with loofah sleeves and i enjoyed the hair with the flowers in it the kind of like updo and I i'm starting to notice that that the sort of georgia seems to do this rudolph thing where there is like a little <sighs> red spot on the top of the nose oh yeah and again i'm an elderly person so um, i'm thir i'm 38 by the way like i'm not <laughs> well um, i'm 39 so you're you're a child to me a, a mere babe but that's what the kids be doing now james what they be they be doing that like if you go on tiktok you see them they have a little thing just on the underside of their nose i think it does come originally from drag like it's a yeah. contouring thing but they do have a little red like a little ready red on their nose and i feel like it's to do with you know oh you want to see like the natural blush or whatever but yes it's weird like it's weird it to is. look at yeah. but it's not of her it's to a thing 
she's like giving mittens and hot chocolate you know like that to me is like it is it is <laughs> fully spring. like festive yeah. for spring come on Georges I I, yeah. I I do think Georges is beautiful and I think that yeah. obviously benefits from being like a very cute little twinkie boy that can paint into like a very cute little girl and like a little I, I like the yeah. looks but it's not it's she's never kind of bringing me anything that I'm like that's turning the corner I'm like wow no, um, like Georges is a very like high quality, very polished, like excellent queen, obviously a brilliant performer with personality yeah. um, and is polished on the same level that Maddie is polished. But at least yeah. like she has personality and true, I, true. Have we seen Maddie lip sync yet? Can't remember. We Even did. She has, we that did. tells you a lot. We did. It um, was against June Jambalaya. It didn't really go well. Basically, I think she won by default because June they took off the wig, took off the shoes, took basically her. took out the Sunday Independent and started having a read. Like there was very little done. <laughs> <laughs> there was little done. Like uh, and Georges, I think is a. I think she's a really good queen. I think if you went to see her in a bar, you would be entertained. Yeah. And the looks are perfect. The 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 beat is perfect um but you know as you said there was nothing groundbreaking about her look although it was no. beautiful beautiful yes yeah next up was Carrie serving some kind of like an orchid monster uh, which was very out of the left field very unexpected and very messy for a queen that has been all about precision this season it's very clear to me that the purpose of that look was for her to be a beautiful bouquet of flowers. Yes. But on the heels of the critique that she got the previous week, she was like, I'm going to be a monster. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so weird. Like, yeah. there's nothing scary about this bunch of flowers and nor do you like a flower monster in any way shape or form you're dressed as a bouquet of flowers and I agree with you it was like it wasn't finished well like it was a little bit all over the place it was weird but she was coming out of her comfort zone of beautiful gowns yeah completely and it was nice to see her try something that was like kind of slightly different all right I think it's there yeah I, I do think as well, you, you can tell when a queen has a particular type of drag that they care more about because their runway looks in that sure. sort of area always are more precise and more finished. Whereas this felt a little bit like, oh yeah, I'll be a bunch of flowers. That'll be fine. And it was a, a bit ill-fitting and a little bit kind of, you know. Mm. But anyway, next up was Angeria wearing an outfit that I really didn't enjoy. Like this massive like flower sleeping bag wrapped around her waist and a quite ill-fitting sort of corset up top. Yeah, it wasn't good. And I actually didn't notice the ill-fittingness of it until Ross pointed it out later. Um, Yeah, and she kind of looks like again, if you are of a certain era, your mother or your grandmother would have had a little uh, lady doll with a flowery or frilly skirt on top of a toilet roll. Very. On the cistern of her toilet. Mm -hmm. And that is what um, Angie looks like here. Although I loved her hair. The wig was like amazing, big hair. Always loved big hair. The flower was beautiful. The beat was beautiful. But the, 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 the gown was not anything no, special no, it wasn't. The, the new delusion um panel doesn't match her skin tone like it's not it wasn't giving no. anything no no next up was deja sky serving i own 51 percent of this easter brunch <laughs> <laughs> i really liked this look oh i loved it i loved it i literally loved i loved it, it. <laughs> I love that it's a little bit I love that it's a little bit different like sometimes when you see the bigger girls they always do the same silhouette like super they never wear trousers they always wear a gown and it's like a mermaid gown blah, blah, blah. so I love these bringing uh trousers to the runway I love the asymmetric top I love the colors I love the sleeves I love the little fetish pastel yeah. bunny mask I love all of it um and she does look like you know she's in Easter garb, which is springy, and I really yeah. appreciated that she didn't do floral. Although there are flowers on the mask, but it's not floral. It's not a floral yes. look. Yeah, and I have to say now, I am sort of. I suppose I, I've been 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 looking back over the treatment of bigger queens on Drag Race for the last while, doing a bit of research into it. They, we don't, as big contestants, get the best treatment by the show. And with Cornbread mm. gone, there was a bit of me sort of concerned that like this would be yet another season where the representation of bigger queens is going to be cut out very soon. But Deja mm. seems to be rising a bit. Like kind of last week 
week she was very good in that in that in that challenge this week on the runway and even in her there was real spark and a fire behind her eyes and with a sewing challenge coming next week I think we could be really seeing the beginning of a great trajectory for her I definitely see Deja as almost like our cornbread light here. I think yeah. with cornbread gone, I think she might have a little bit more room to shine um, because she has an, like a great personality, big personality. And then untucked, although she was yeah. pissed off and shady, she was very funny um, with the other queens. And um, I, I do think that we're going to get that sort of entertainment. Like that's a little bit of star power from her although we will be missing cornbread dearly of course yeah. but yeah i really hope that she does um that she does go far and we will james we will hold out hope for our oh, first big winner of drag That's, race of drag race yes we i mean have it's not lawrence cheney it's gonna be yeah. deja <laughs> no. oh we have lawrence oh i don't acknowledge i don't acknowledge lawrence as a winner because bimini was robbed sorry <laughs> i understand that i get that energy i get that energy you know yeah, 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 um but yeah. yeah so next up was april showers of maddie morphus's serving thunderclouds on the runway i'm so fucking annoyed that this was so good i yeah me too to be I honest with you. i thought it was brilliant i, I like i got because obviously so just to, to 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 link this with bosco's thunderclouds um mm. kind of was it seasonal affective disorder look like the two of them were giving a similar kind of a vibe i liked that it was a similar vibe. I, I do think that maddie's was and we've had like similar like kind of like the we, we've had other kind of rain clouds sort of served on the runway she who shall not be named did one in 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 season 12 and i think we had one in in uk as well this i think it was definitely the best of them like the 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 yeah rain like- and, and all of that fringe it was pretty this beautiful is fantastic but I think maybe this is just me being biased against Maddie right I think somebody said to Willem in like season four like this is not a buying shoes challenge and I think it's easy to go to a very talented queer drag designer and be like please make me a rain cloud look and they will design something amazing yeah. for you and you can trot down the runway in it like that was an amazing look yeah but somebody else would have brought it better completely and would have delivered a little bit more and maybe would have realized that they needed to to add something like I felt like it could have done with like a splash of color or it could have done with something kind of like a little more but it was all in all like it was definitely one of the most like eye-catching looks on the runway in this yeah I think it was one of the best looks on the runway this week um it was really good I love the like the beating on the the rain it was beautiful and the the rain cloud hat was gorgeous and even in Untucked when we did see her makeup the makeup was excellent as well for her has been one of those like patchy areas she hasn't necessarily been serving like this is essentially a makeup masterclass for yeah. her like you know she's obviously learning from the other queens and she's really honing her skills and in, in, yeah. in that in that way so next good up, for her i guess good for her. exactly good that's it finally straight men can get a foot in the door odd <laughs> <laughs> <God. laughs> next up serving poison ivy cosplay was jasmine kennedy how was what in what relation does this have to spring i didn't get the spring reference i did see like uma thurman batman and robin vibes and i thought you know what i, I love that but i i didn't really feel it as a spring it had a also, few little flowers on it yeah also like a, very simple for the runway like it was just a corset oh. and and sort of boots very sim- and some like tinsel yeah, a bit of tinsel around, you know, be like, oh, right, you right. up a bit. <laughs> and someone at the very start of the runway, somebody made um, a Paddy Stay Joker, like an Irish joke or whatever. But then immediately when you saw it, it didn't have any, it, no. that's not what it was supposed to be. Um, yeah. And if, I suppose if <laughs> you could interpret it as were the red things snakes? and <laughs> But no, it's not that deep. It was just bad. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, next up was Orion like was- serving uh, kind of doped out of her head bunny girl. Uh, I'm just so bored with Orion. Like, honestly, don't don't come back. Like, the, <laughs> the greatest anxiety only- I had in the entire episode was that that fucking chocolate bar was going to be gold. That was the only <laughs> that, that was Same. the stakes. That was the stakes this week. I was like, please let me go, please let me go, please let me go. The, oh, the, this look was completely forgettable. The only thing I can say about it is that it reminded me of that scene in Mean Girls where Karen is like, I'm a mouse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. By which I mean, it is the most fucking basic, I don't think you even call it drag, 
no. to Coppers on any Halloween night and you will see six girls in this look. A hundred percent. And I, I get like the way it was served as well with this like sort of flat hum of, 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 of dullness. I think at one stage in my notes, I wrote down that Orion story is no thoughts, just vibes, but she's no thoughts, no vibes. Like she's <laughs> just completely dead. There's nothing, there's nothing to her. The head is empty. There is no person that like it's bizarre. Why yes. is she on the show? I know. Next up, probably my favorite look on the runway this week, I have to be honest, was Little House on the Fairy Willow Pill with this gorgeous little sort of Easter village scene painted on a gorgeous little sort of, you know, 50s prom dress and a big old house sat on her head. <laughs> it was, it's a great look, but again, it's not giving me spring. It's possible. No, no, no. Now, I what I would I what I would have enjoyed is perhaps if there had been like even the tiniest kind of like a pair of sparkly red shoes with this look would have like brought oh. it to like a yeah, kind Dorothy of a clever in the reference house and the, the place. Yeah, 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 you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. But, but it, I, I thought it was very clever. It was a clever way uh, to go with this. It's fantastic, but I don't think it fits the brief. But I, I, I uh, like I'll let her wear that. It's great, and I love her. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think on anybody else. Anybody else wearing this would have been red for the slick because it bears no relation to the prompt whatsoever. That, I do believe if, if Willow had ended up in the bottom, they probably would have had something to say about how it felt yeah. like like, a, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A, an Oz look rather than a spring look. Yeah, it kind of feels like, a, oh, shit, um, I've used up my other look, so I'm going to wear this one. You know, I'm yeah. going to have to pull this one instead or something, yeah. and it's going to have yeah. to do. I, I kind of feel like if you were designing a spring look, or even if the prompt was for us, I guess it wasn't. Um, this is not, like, she's way more creative. Or maybe she's overthought it or something. I don't know. It just didn't yeah. read spring to me. No, no, you're, you're right. It didn't It didn't read. It, it read something else very creative, but not spring. Next up yes, was yes. Diabetti giving a kind of like a butterfly Mr. Tumnus uh, and, a, and a, verb, <laughs> a, a visual assault to Asia O'Hara. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't love the color of this. I, I felt like it was lots of like browns and sort of stuff. It didn't, for me, it didn't, like, I, I, I don't know, she struggles to distance herself from Crystal Method for me. And as of yet, has not managed to serve anything yeah. less than sort of, like, that would sort of set her apart to make me not feel it is just sort of Crystal cosplay. Yeah, I have Crystal Light written down here in my notes. Mm -hmm. And for a look that has so much going on, the makeup, the ears, the headpiece, the gown, the butterflies, the the tight and the uh, pleasers I have also written down meh like mm -hmm. it's nothing that we haven't seen before and she's very like she's not giving me anything new and her makeup is so so visually similar to Crystal that yeah. you cannot avoid the comparison and she yeah. doesn't have the personality or the charm of Crystal and she doesn't have the originality of her either to yeah. pull like Crystal would never wear this in a million years because it's not out there enough um but we're still comparing Daya uh, to her because of yes. the makeup being identical. Uh, no, it, it is. It, it's like sort of Daya is a big glass of water with a tiny bit of crystal method, my wadi thrown in. And it's like, <laughs> it's not, not enough to fully dilute. Um, yeah. Next up, we had serving a look that was better served by Victoria Scone on Drag Race season three yes. was yes. Lady Camden's afternoon tea look. I thought it was a clever... Look, and I think if I hadn't seen Lady, if I hadn't seen Victoria Scone's version of this, I may not necessarily have been judged. I probably mm. would have been gagged by it. I'm like, oh my God, this is spectacular. But because I yeah. had that point of reference, I was very uh -huh. much like, Neh. yeah, meh. I, I liked her hat. Yeah. I, I like the, 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 the spilling tea like bag. The tea. Yeah. Like that was cute. <laughs> but the rest of it was pretty like nothing surprising mm. as you say we've seen it before and we've seen it before pretty recently yeah. which is unfortunate like of course they wouldn't have seen that before uh they recorded their season so there was no way for um, there was no way for like for Lady Camden yeah. to know yeah but um unfortunate that it was like a repeat or like a, a not it's not a copy like people can get the same ideas and be inspired by the same it thing was just a, less, but, um, a less good version of a exactly, kind of an idea yeah. that that feels right for this concept and also felt yeah. right for and for again again it was le like it was less good and also feels like something that they may had already and 
crowbarred it into the category of spring yeah. and I suppose maybe I'm being overly harsh because not everybody has the same financial means to be able to go here is my list of um yes. here's my list of runway concepts and I am going to commission you know 25 new gowns for this yeah. so they have to use their existing drag and repurpose it it was floral so yeah springy afternoon tea okay yeah I get it but nothing yeah it didn't wow me no. Uh, last up, someone who did repurpose the drag they already owned, mm. I would say very effectively, was very Bosco's Thunderclouds into Sunshine reveal look. Yeah. I, lo- I love this. And Bosco's face is gorgeous. Like I, I'm, I'm really loving the, the the sort of unique way of painting the brows. I think it has mm. that kind of element of because I think it's it's got that element of being a little bit weird and very unique, but not so much that stands out in a way that like the judges are going to start calling them out about it. Yeah, it's not distracting. I definitely think as well, Bosco has the best transformation. Like it's very difficult for me to tally up Bosco out of drag with them in drag very very different yes very 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 different looks um and I love that I love a transformation Uh, and I really love the the transformation between them out of drag and then this absolutely gorgeous like burlesque amazon um super hyper hyper femme um in drag I love that and the look was great I when I when it came out I was like oh so unfortunate it's the same as Maddie's and it's not as good but the reveal was beautiful the one thing I would say I would I wish that the reveal had been a little bit quirkier like I I would have loved to see a little it was just a beautiful yellow gown do you know what I mean yeah like I would love to have seen something else but it really fits her brand of this burlesque like esque outfit um something that would be absolutely at home in a burlesque stage but i wish it was a little bit more drag like i wish we had seen something kind of quirky fun like little sun rays or something like yeah. on the skirt or like a fr- but it was gorgeous can't yeah, fault no. it really no not at all i think she was like that reveal made it like elevated it above maddie um i agree uh, yeah yeah so we 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 see our psas on the runway they aren't really all that the the most gag worthy kind of element of the psa was the surprise appearance by miss arms of an angel um or eyes of an angel i can't even remember sarah Sarah mclaughlin appearing at the end to give a little like this is so wrong i i think that that was a very funny kick in the tail of this challenge which was a little bit dull overall yeah it was uh, like it it's cool to see her but I think I've missed the reference like there's some sort of Sarah McLaughlin PSA reference that has gone over my head but oh, I appreciate it are you like uh, do you not just hear feels of gold in every single one of those like this sad dog is you know like walking <laughs> around a dirty <laughs> street oh, yeah. but anyway I, I I enjoyed that so our safe queens are anyway, Kerry Colby Deja like Sky Maddie Morphus's Willow Pill and Diabetti and our bottoms are mm. George's Jasmine Kennedy and Orion with her top being Angeria, Lady Camden and Bosco. Overall, did you agree with the judging? No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Simply put, no. No. Um, (laughs) Don't understand why Willow and Maddie were safe. Mm -hmm, Yeah, fully agree. Um, Don't understand why Lady Camden was in the top. Yes, I would agree with that. At all. Yeah. I think she delivered she delivered what she did well and it was professional and well delivered and I think their video as I said before was overall the closest to a PSA. Yeah. But I think Willow both Willow and Maddie in their performances in the challenge were their writing was better and it was funnier and they delivered it better and they did in the challenge in you know creating their skit and whatever. Um, and also, I think that their looks on the runway were better. So I don't understand how, why they were only safe and Lady Camden was in the top. And I also don't really understand why Bosco was in the top because I did not like her performance in the PSA at all. Yeah, like it felt like if you were asking for sincerity and like really giving kind of like full emotion and like pretending that this is a cause that you're really passionate about, like Bosco was very take the piss and it didn't feel like it brought any of that sincerity. She was, she was, she was like two centimeters from an appropriating AAVE line. Yeah. She was really close to it and it was bad. She did the exact same delivery of an ex- almost identical line twice. Like it was very sticky. Yeah, you know, yeah. she was like, oh, I'm going to be like trashy in this. So I'm going to wear leopard print and be 
air heavy air quotes ghetto yes um and that didn't come across to me it wasn't successful it wasn't authentically her Uh, and I have no idea why she was in the top and nothing of what the judges said about her being dangerous and pushing the envelope and thrilling and challenging I actually took a picture of my face when (laughs) this was happening and it's a look of sheer confusion I was like I don't understand I don't understand the words I understand the words that you were saying but I am I having a stroke like none of this makes (laughs) sense I Um, agree I think that um so because but like I, I think that all of those words used to describe Bosco like they are actually appropriate for like some of what we've seen from Bosco, but not in yes. this challenge and not at no. this point. And I think that no. like particularly, and I know we've we've been quite harsh over the course of this conversation about Maddie and about Maddie's place in the competition and about Maddie Har- sort of a, harsh, a bit, a bit, really ash, really really ash. But <laughs> really I, ash. I do think that like this week and last week we did see Maddie making sort of solid contributions in both both in terms of like pulling the team together and then delivering kind of like, you know, humorous content and has been overlooked twice. And yeah. I, I I felt like as if this probably was a good week for Maddie to maybe get kind of a little bit of recognition on the main stage for the fact that they have been doing fairly well in some ways. Um, Willow as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that kind of like Willow, like Willow and Maddie did carry that James Manfield um, that scene. And I, I would very happily... They did. Of, I would very happily have had the two of them in there instead of Lady Camden and, and, and Bosco, who I felt Lady Camden was sort of not memorable. And mainly, like, the redemption arc for Lady Camden in this episode was like, first you talked quiet, and then you talked loud. <laughs> then you raised your voice slightly after Michelle told you to. Congratulations. Yeah, exactly. You listened and spoke loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whereas I completely agree with you. Like, Willow and Maddie made more of an overall contribution. Um again Maddie like technically very good at Mm -hmm. everything like would I want her on my team yes Mm, yes do I want her to win Mm, no no. um so our bottom two are Georges and Orion and in that sort of if we think back to all-star six where um Mm. Silky was like I'm going to lip sync on my own I was like this is basically the performance that we got this was George's <laughs> lip syncing on their own. <laughs> like, I, I wish I had timed it, but <laughs> if we saw 30 seconds of Orion lip syncing, that was it. And mostly and in the background. That was mostly I like, don't, <laughs> I don't mind. Like, I'm not complaining. Like, to, to quote another uh, Drag Race podcast, full it was full pointer sister like Mm -hmm. at one stage she was talking about a crossroads and she crossed her arms like Wakanda forever and she talked about a roll and she did like a roll with her arms like girl please that like this is what it would look like look like if I lip synced (laughs) the lip sync was head and heart by Ava Max George's destroyed that lip sync ah here lip sync assassin yeah now two or three weeks ago we had deja sky lip sync and to fallen by alicia keys and rue gave the accolade of saying you are clearly like a lip sync assassin to not have had george's recognized for what happened i was a bit like now come on crazy like I don't think you can call anybody a lip sync assassin lip syncing to fallen by alicia (laughs) keys no no you can't what? Girl on, the song Girl on Fire exists, okay, first yes. of all. Yes. So why was that? Ju- anyway, look, that's a different episode. But yeah, Georges did amazingly. Um, I wrote something down here and I can't read it. Oh, the reveal. I loved her reveal. I loved her yes. little bandage um, uh, lip syncing outfit. It was great. And she looked amazing. So she kept her wig and her shoes on. Mm-hmm. Like these new queens are so young that yeah. they don't even remember RuPaul saying, keep your mother and shoes on. Yeah. Like you no. shouldn't be allowed on the show. You shouldn't be allowed on the show. It should be it should be in the rule book. You keep your shoes <laughs> on in the in the lip sync, you keep your shoes on. Now Keep onto the wigs and shoes on. The, the last the last thing we have to address before we send Orion's story packing about three weeks too late is 
the most humiliating addition to the Drag Race franchise. <laughs> I keep forgetting that it exists. And every time it happens, I'm like, oh, the fucking chocolate bar. Like, I mean, it is, it is the most like traumatic that is traumatic product placement you have a queen <laughs> who is like sitting there like calculating how much debt they're in because of all the looks that they've like bought <laughs> and you're saying okay now open a rupaul's chocolate bar make sure you hold it to the camera now open it up and is it gold and if it's gold you get to say and like you get to see in real time as their heart it is literally a a ralph wiggum if you pause right now you can see the moment their heart breaks <laughs> <laughs> but it's also so transparent because like it's not it's not even real no. like they're not walk they don't have constant possession of their stupid fucking plastic rupaul <laughs> candy bar yeah. like the producers just decide beforehand rue just decides am i gonna save this person with the goal oh. like it's so transparent like do they think we're that stupid no i know it's i don't so it's so dumb and it is. it's almost shark jumpy it, it is it is as we, we we wave goodbye to Orion's story as I'm here repping for for Keen with his closing question who is going to win oh Jesus um I would like Angeria to win out of everybody that's left I would like Angeria to win um yeah. but I think it could equally be Bosco um I don't think anybody else has a chance Willow no. could go to the final but I don't think she'll win um and so yeah my money and my heart is with Angeria. <laughs> so, Michelle McCormick, thank you so much for joining me to chat through this episode of Drag Race. For being my buddy while, while, while uh, Keen is making Paris even more gay than it already was before. Toby, <laughs> uh, what are you doing? Where can people go to look at the stuff that you do to listen to your opinions about pure filth? Um, you can find Pure Filth uh, anywhere you find your podcasts. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Um, we're on a little bit of a hiatus at the moment because it's very difficult to talk about sex um, when you're not having any. Mm -hmm. And a pandemic kind of prepared to yeah. that. And also, in general, the declining quality of the heterosexual male um, species as a whole um, but yeah you can find me there on uh, Pure Filth and then you can also find me on Instagram where I mostly talk about my cat <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much for having me and season 14 trundles on. The presence of Cornbread definitely missed in this episode. And I think that there's a few new contestants entering the arena to vie for the spot that she was taking up, looking at you, Lady Camden and Bosco. But for today, that's all we've got for you. Don't forget to head on over to our Instagram at sissy.pod, where you can follow us to keep up to date with what we're at and seeing what we're doing. Um, gone over to headstuffpodcastnetwork.com to see about supporting the show um, and join us on Wednesday morning when we will be covering the next episode of UK versus the world. Until then, see you, love you, bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.